at Little Bird Marketing, we don't know all the answers, but we happen to know a lot of people who combined do. We've asked some big dogs, some tenacious thought leaders to share their real experiences, mindsets, and tips for managing through this difficulty. Welcome to the MR Leadership Series. These shorter, punchy interviews are geared toward powerful and candid answers to truly relevant business challenges. If you enjoy this episode, take to social media and thank a leader for volunteering their time in this way. Be sure to use the hashtag alwaysbehelping. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ponderings from the Perch. We are going to talk with an amazing leader today, Rob Volpe. He is the chief catalyst. He's a speaker and one of the descriptors I like the most. He is an empathy activist with Ignite360. And I've got to tell you, if you know me at all and you've seen me on LinkedIn, you know that I love good titles. So, Rob, thank you for coming and welcome to the show. Thank you, Priscilla. It's an honor to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. I'm excited to, to chat with you today. Well, we are going to have a great chat because at Ignite360, yes, you are involved in insights and strategy. And I have a lot of guests on that talk about insights and strategy. And I also have a lot of guests on who, like you, work with a lot of leading brands. And as they're looking to connect and understand consumers, they're looking to market researchers who really know how to tap into what's going on in the world. And I have to say, you have been um, described by many as a very astute observer of people. Um, but I think it goes a little bit deeper. You can observe all you want, but when you can't actually understand where people are coming from, again, that empathy word, right, and then tell a really deep story, how how can brands actually understand it? So we're going to talk a little bit about your work at 360. But before we do that, I asked you on the show because I do think you're a tremendous leader. I love how you present um, when you're speaking. I love how you show up online. And so I thought it important to hear from you about what is going on with consumers right now and also what is going on for you as an MR leader. So why don't we start with a little bit about what you think is going on with consumers right now during this pandemic and, and you know, what we understand to be the coming recession. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's like shifting sands. It's like that, those <laughs> sand dunes in Namibia that are just constantly moving around with the wind. Um, because I, I was this morning giving a uh, share out of a presentation, a webinar that we gave a week ago, and so, you know, right now we're just for context, I think it's important to understand we're in the week leading into Memorial Day weekend. A week ago when I was giving the presentation, I had some video clips from some qualitative interviews we were doing. And the first little reel that I showed was, how are you doing today? And it was very, the tone from, from our respondents uh, from interviews at the beginning of May were very positive and, um, you know, a bit reflective, but generally they were in a good place. And as that reel was playing this morning, while I was listening to it, I was reflecting back on, <clears throat> excuse me, the interviews that I've had uh, with respondents in the last couple of days this week. It's like, wow, that's not where people are today. Mm. Today, if I were to put that reel together, it's antsy. Um, they're feeling stressed. They're kind of, there's this stir crazy energy that's going on. Um, and largely from the tension that's happening uh, right now where we have um, governments, whether it's state or federal, telling people, open up, go out, do, do things, live your life. 
yet they're also having to uh, make their own determinations on what's right for their life and their own personal uh, ecosystem of, of their job, their finances, their own personal health, the people around them, how their values play into it. Coupled with then the sort of third sphere is like, what are, what are companies doing and how are companies showing up? Mm -hmm. um, are they walking the talk? Um, you know, one respondent in early April had talked about how Walmart, she was so happy Walmart was uh, in her small town in rural South Carolina, um, the Walmart there was like wiping down all the carts and they were dis socially distancing everybody. And she was like, yeah, this is great. Walmart is taking care of kind of the things that always felt grungy at Walmart anyway, which was <laughs> grabbing the cart and the number of people in the aisles. And then a month later, you know, late April, early May, she was back in there and things were back to normal because South Carolina was opening back up and there was nobody wiping down the carts. And I asked her, how did this change how she felt or how did it influence how she felt about Walmart? And she said, well, you know, I guess they've just gone back to being the low price leader. And wow. that's right. Like so much that's high brutal. regard, so much high regard, um, you know, so much high regard for Walmart and popped when they were doing the right thing and mm. really taking a leadership role. And then it, 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 it backpedaled. So consumers are really paying attention to that. You hear it um, when you ask them what their experience was like, um, you know, shopping at Costco or other retail experiences that they've had. Um, and they're noticing when things are changing because all of this is about their own safety mm. and the safety of their loved ones. Mm. And whether you're wiping carts down or not, or whether you're enforcing face masks could ultimately be the difference between like life and death at the extreme end of it, but could be the difference of, you know, somebody who's maybe a shift worker or an hourly worker getting sick and not being able to go into work and maybe right. they're not going to get compensation right. for that. So it, it can create a lot of ruin. So the stakes are a lot higher right, right. now. Right. Um, well, with yeah. your with your experience, you know, with so many brands, and and you know, I really do think you know what you know, and I do think e even as you guys are looking at the data and you're doing studies and tracking these changes, but just in your gut and in kind of a more of an overview, how do you think companies should be thinking right now about empathy? And you mentioned this about the the consumer. But what about adding their employees into the mix with that? What, what are your thoughts about those two sides of things in light of empathy specifically? Yeah, um, huge, huge. And, it, it, you know, it's it's been this way. That, uh, there's a great quote from Henry Ford um, from 100 years ago talking about the importance of empathy. And, you know, the secret to success is being able to see things from another person's perspective and letting go of your own. I paraphrase that. Um, but that's generally what he said. He said that a hundred years ago. I always use that quote when I'm talking about empathy and it, it is true. It's in the workplace. It's about how you manage people. It's how you look at your organization. It's how you look at your vendor partners and others, everybody, everyone. It's how you engage with the world. Mm. Um, and so critical for companies now because, um, it's true. The way you're treating your employees says something to the rest of the world. And mm -hmm. we're in an environment now and have been with social media 
that those things don't stay behind closed doors anymore. Mm. That, you know, it gets out. <laughs> if you're not an empathetic employer and don't see the point of view at least and, and recognize and acknowledge that you see the point of view of your employees, right? It gets out and yeah. it doesn't, it just doesn't look good. Right. It and things, well. and you say that it gets out and that's the truth that gets out. But also sometimes the truth doesn't get out. The perception gets out. Yes. So even if you manage it really well, you still have to be understanding everything from empathy in terms of, or maybe not empathy, but from what you mentioned about what Henry Ford said from someone else's perspective is they may not know all the facts, but yet people are going to perceive it a certain way regardless. Exactly. And, you know, the, the key for all of us, and it's the hardest thing, um, but the first step to building empathy is dismantling your judgment mm. and putting aside your own perceptions, experiences, stereotypes, biases. You have to be able to put that aside to just listen to the person that's in front of you and try to understand where they might be coming from. Mm. And that's really difficult. Um, we We are... You know, as social creatures, we want to group and form and organize and apply different uh, perceptions of and onto others, and that's where judgment mm -hmm. often comes from. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't do that in order to have empathy, especially with somebody that's outside of your little bubble or your mm -hmm. tribe or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and it's really hard to do. Let's take a short break. Teams are getting smaller, but you still have to get your research in-field. If only you could partner with a global expert to be an extension of your team without the extra overhead. Look no further. Gazelle Global provides the ad hoc services you need when you need them. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how we can handle global sampling, field management, data collection, and more. Our team is ready to lend our expertise to complete projects to your specification. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. While we're all trying to navigate this and brands are trying to navigate this, we're also experiencing it, <laughs> you know, and we're also humans as well. And so I want to hear from you about that as the human, Rob Volpe, who is a an amazing leader and one who has been really holding the torch for empathy for so long. You're also experiencing it and you're, you're, you know, you're having your own human experience dealing with, you know, working remotely, uh, you know, with, with, with navigating changes in the workload and with, uh, with clients changing their timetables and everything else. So you're in the thick of it. How would you describe how you're leading right now, kind of with that enmeshed into it? Because none of us are getting an objective view about what's going on. <laughs> You know, um, there's. I, I think I'm. I'm leading very similarly to I, how I believe I led before, mm -hmm. but it's. Um, I, I've tapped into or um, dialed up the more vulnerable aspects um, and the kind of the empathy, really, mm -hmm. and understanding. Trying to understand whether it's clients where they're coming from, they need to put something on hold because they need to figure something else out first because the coronavirus caused a, a situation. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we get it. And, you know, we try to always be flexible mm -hmm. um, with our clients, which is a form of being emp empathetic, understanding where they're coming from and why they need to do that. Okay, mm -hmm. we'll work with you. Right. And then as a leader within the organization itself, um, we've 
there, I was actually chatting shortly before this call with a couple of my teammates and prepping for the call in the back of my mind. And I thought, well, let me just ask these guys. So I, I asked um, Becky and Stephanie on my team, I was like, so how am I showing up differently, um, if at all, now that, that this has happened? And they, uh, the first two things that they came back with was um, the increase in my own vulnerability and the way I'm um, showing up with a team we've instituted, you know, being a virtual organization, um, it was always important to do, you know, virtual calls, coffee talks and things like that, but they were happening so infrequently up until the time that this started. Mm -hmm. And when, uh, shelter in place picked up in mid, mid March, it was like, wow, people are going to be really concerned. I mean, I was sensing it, I was hearing it. And so we started a weekly coffee talk and, you know, there's a little bit of business share and business update. And then it's anything goes from recipe exchange to sharing <laughs> current things you're fixated on. Um, and I, I show up as myself. So my husband and I, um, we do drag every once in a while and we had a friend's birthday and we decided you know, it was a zoom call for a friend's birthday. And we thought, well, let's do some quick drag. <laughs> and, <laughs> now um, this is going to be trending, Rob. I'm uh -huh, just telling exactly. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do some quick drag and put something together. And so we did that and showed up on the zoom call. And then the following week I showed the photo, um, to the rest of the team and I had already put it up on Instagram. And so some of them had seen it but you know then everyone got to see it and we talked about it and they were like oh would you do a makeup demonstration on one of our calls at some point <laughs> um you know and it, it's it's doing things like that and just being human and being right. yourself right. and it doesn't take away from me as the ceo of my organization right, right. it actually i think enhances it because they see me as a human i'm not just this like robot that's working all the time but i do find that that's interesting you were already remote and you know and you were on the road quite a bit as well but you were already remote and yet still your remote work has been affected by this i find that really interesting it, it is. And I think that one of the variables, and this was the other thing that um, Becky and Stephanie brought up, was because I've been grounded, um, so to speak, and I'm mm -hmm. not earning, you know, 200,000 frequent flyer miles mm -hmm. this year. I know. It's so sad. I'll cry for you after. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it, it is a thing and we should, we should talk. But I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not missing it. It's mm -hmm. weird. I'm like kind of happy. And um, with that, that is another thing to talk about, but, um, I have more of a, a holistic, I'm, I'm being the CEO a lot more. I'm the, what they said was they're noticing I'm not down in the weeds quite as much. Cause I think what would happen when I'm on the road, it's like you parachute and that's not really only a parachute and the vision coming into my head is like a bird <laughs> plunging down into a pond or a body of water to right. catch the fish and come back up. And I'm not having to do that as much. And I'm mm -hmm. able to check in. I have more time. Right. Um, so I'm checking in with the teams mm -hmm. in different ways and, and communicating with them. And, and also because of, and I think it's a thing that's also, I'll be honest, I, I will be vulnerable. Um, I was on a call with my therapist earlier this week and he was asking me how I was doing. And, um, and I told him that this navigating to a new normal project that we've got going on, I think it's actually something that's helped me kind of stay grounded and stay focused because oh, it's keeping me, yeah, it's keeping me 
in the know and it's giving me purpose and it's giving me something to do because we're churning out content every two weeks, white papers, and it's like really deep thinking stuff. So really kind of fun, fun things to wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm let's dive in. I want to dive into that, but I don't want to cut you off about that. And what you're saying about the being more present is resonating with me as well. Um, Like you, I'm on the road constantly. When this all hit, I I canceled 12 trips. So I was like, handed it to my PA, and I'm like, here are the trips. These all need to be canceled. And uh, so good luck with that. You know, she came up for air about a week later. (laughs) Uh, Thanking my lucky stars that I had a PA at that moment. Um, Totally. but, you know, God what, bless my travel. I know, right? What was really resonating with me personally when you were saying that is I am a person who likes to travel. Everybody knows that about me. Even like I the the two trips right before I came, you know, home and you know got grounded were um London and Amsterdam at the IIEX in, in Amsterdam. And both mm-hmm. of those trips I took my 14-year-old son with me. And so that's a wow. big source of joy for me. You know, sometimes my my older daughter will go with me or my, my youngest hasn't gone, you know, on these trips yet. But even like Beck was with me in IIEX in Bangkok last year. And, you know, so that's a big source of joy for me. And that's a choice that I've made and something that my husband and I have worked really hard, you know, to achieve. And yet there is a truth to be said that it there is a level of consternation that that level of travel creates for me as well. Mm-hmm. And I had an employee many years ago and a good friend of mine, um, he was both in, at the same time, uh, say to me, you know, Priscilla, you're not as happy when you're gone from the office than when you're just here. And I was like, mm. what? Like, it was such an astute observation. And I thought, no, that's not everything in me want to be like, no, that's not true. That's my joy. That's my life. That's my love. You know, I love to be traveling. And he's like, yeah, you're not really as happy. You know what I was mm. like? I was trying to really unpack and understand what he was saying. But it is that sense of you're not missing stuff. You're not kind of like running so fast. And all those, those things are valuable to me and I want to do them. What's resonating with me right now as you were saying that is that as a person, though, it has been nice to slow some things down and really to be more present with my people because you and I share this in common. We want to be the kind of leaders who are available and we do care very deeply about where they go and what they're doing and what they're feeling, (laughs) you know, but sometimes our lives get in the way with that. And I do feel more connected to my team right now. I do feel more connected to my clients. And that has been an interesting thing that, that came out of it. So, and, and I, you know, a lot of my clients listen to this too. So it's not, you know, I can be vulnerable with that as well to say is like, well, that's a, that's a lesson learned. How do I then come back into my life and still maintain this level of connection without maybe quite as much hurry? You know, virtual coffees. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, first one on the calendar. Yeah, no, it's I to, it's totally true. And if you want something, if you want a really depressing little math activity, <laughs> oh, Lord, take the number of miles that you button seat miles that you flew last year. Mm-hmm. Figure that the plane flies five hundred miles an hour. So do that math, and that'll tell you how many hours you were actually in the air. And then, you know, you can pad that figuring, well, there's like a good 30 minutes of lost time getting off the plane and luggage and mm-hmm. to the car or whatever. And even before, probably more time getting through the airport and waiting. I, I think I calculated one year, I felt like I spent like seven weeks of actual hours 
on a plane or in an airport mm-hmm. out of an entire year. And I was like, good Lord, that's like almost two months. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you want it even more depressing when I realize at some point, you know, I've come from a very large family. I realized that my, my mom spent four years of her life pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. I want to I want to unpack this thing you were talking about. Let's end with this. You're talking about what you guys are doing um, on the ongoing study that's tracking changes in American values and and behaviors that have come as a result of the pandemic and and coming recession. Um, I guess people would argue it's already here, so maybe I don't need to say coming as the descriptor. But this is called navigating the new uh, – no, it's called navigating to a new normal. So tell us about that and also where people can find some of this this info. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so navigating to a new normal, um, you know, as soon as we were suddenly all sheltering in place, it was like, wow, this is just the the enormity of it was was hitting me. Um, You know, the first trip to the supermarket where you you couldn't find things um, was so stressful. And I was like, okay, seismic shift that's happening. We need to be doing what we can to help our clients. Clients come to us for that bigger strategic thinking grounded in qualitative and quantitative insight. And so, okay, how can we do this? What's the right thing to do? And I thought, well, it would be really interesting to get a cross section of the country and start following them and talking Mm -hmm. to them. So we, we built this around the idea of every week, uh, there's 14, we're adding one more person uh, soon. So we'll have 15 consumers. Every week we have a one-hour one-on-one um, talking with them about what's going on. And then we have certain, you know, call them modules, um, different topic areas that we, we jump in. Some of them are things that clients have come to us and said, hey, can you, we want to participate, can you ask about this? Mm-hmm. Or can you ask about that? Other things are just like, hey, we're noticing a theme. Um, let's dive in. Like we, we had fascinating conversations about time mm-hmm. and the way people are perceiving time because we kept noticing we were their only accountability appointment. Um, mm-hmm. So like we were, we were what, how people, how some of our respondents were understanding that it was Wednesday because they had a call with Rob at Wednesday at noon and it was every Wednesday at noon. Otherwise they wouldn't have known what day of the week it was. Um, (laughs) That's never been more true for everybody than in this pandemic. I have to say it's it's fascinating. And actually one of the white papers we're going to do later in June is planned to be around time and the way people are perceiving time. Um, and productivity and really fascinating stuff. So we've got that. And we also added to it because we wanted like, okay, great. We're hearing things qualitatively, but is this legit and following other people? So we set up um, a tracker. It's um, ongoing every single day. It's fielding. It rolls up to 1,250 people a week with a Spanish augment. So it is nationally representative of U.S. adults above 18. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're seeing... All the stuff that you see in the media and all the other studies, but then we're also able to get down into some really interesting nitty gritty. A few mm. weeks ago, I was able to look at people that we defined as recently unemployed, so people that had lost their jobs starting in mid March. We said, okay, that's probably pandemic related. How are their behaviors different from the people that are still employed or the general population? And you know, it was interesting. They're buying sweets at a higher level, like sweets and desserts. It's like, okay, there's definitely some comfort eating above what the, the gen pop was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that data is always coming in and just fascinating stuff to, to dive into and tease right. apart. Um, and, and you're starting to see how things are recovering. And even as states are opening up, we've got, we have a snapshot of, 
um, how engaged people are interested in going to get, uh, you know, the hairdresser or to go out to eat, or when are they going to be willing to go back to church? Right. What's that going to look like, or a movie theater, or an amusement park? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're seeing the way things are shifting, and the resistance, and the openness, and the interest of, of the population to do things. Oh, that's interesting. Now, how how are you giving that out, and can people reach it? I know the website is ignite-360.com if you want to go check out their work. But you know, Rob, where can they get this information that you're doing with the study? So this particular information for the study, as I mentioned, we've got, uh, we call them chapters. There's a new chapter that comes out every two weeks. So we've got, we're working on our, you know, so every two weeks by the end of May, we will have fourth chapter up and then it just keeps going from there. Um, You can either reach out to me directly, rob at ignite-360.com, or you can go onto our website, look at Sparks, which is our blog post, and you'll find all of the different chapters there. Uh, And they're free to download. It is gated because we want to know who's looking at our stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I promise we don't do gross selling (laughs) things. You know, it's always news you can use Uh and very friendly outreach. But even if you say yes or no to being contacted, you'll you'll still get access to the the material. I love it. Fair Um, is fair. That's a lot of work that's gone into it. And I do think it is important also for us as companies, when we're creating content, we want to know who's who finds this interesting. That is helpful for us to legitimately, you know, continue to create good stuff. I, Absolutely. I think that's super and important. The thing that the thing that clients have told us, you know, because a lot of people are doing the quant piece of it. Mm-hmm. What clients that was my doorbell. Um, <laughs> <That's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> what, what clients are coming to us and really loving is the qualitative richness that uh, we've got yeah. um, and being able to really bring the stories to life. And that's what we're all about. We're mm-hmm. storytellers. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I finally, you know, hooked you into being on my podcast. So I really appreciate your time, but you need to connect with Rob on LinkedIn. It's Rob Volpe, R-O-B-V-O-L-P-E on LinkedIn. I'm sure you can you know, get catch him there and and ask a few questions. You always get back with me very quickly on LinkedIn. We're both very active there. So I don't think that's a hard, hard way for anybody to catch you. But thank you so much for showing up, for being human, for talking about empathy in such an important time. We so appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed the conversation. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, we do care about you and we want you to have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.